Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, can you believe this? I mean, what more do you need to know about the latest group of Southside Sox writers coming in to contribute to the site? Then like two of them have been on like three or four dozen podcasts already. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Another new addition to Southside Sox is Elizabeth Gonzalez. She actually, okay, here's commitment. She's in Seattle. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) All right. I think, I mean, you know, I'm going to pretend it's not the case, but I think the trip was already planned before I actually joined Southside Sox. However, uh, you know, I can I can pretend it's just out of the devotion and love for you, the readers and listeners, uh, that Elizabeth is there in Seattle checking out uh, what was Safeco now, I believe, T-Mobile Stadium for the first time. And in the second half of this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about Ballpark Seattle specifically, and then maybe just do a little survey of uh, favorites and least favorites. I've been plenty, and Elizabeth is adding as she's adding faster than I am these days. So first of all, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, thank you for, it's been a long day for you. Thank you for joining us post-game uh, after White Sox win. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was like, oh, we got to do it when we win. We have to. <laughs> exactly. I'll make time for that. <laughs> Let's not push it because this could be the only one. We're still cynical enough, uh, White Sox fans. But really terrific game. Uh, uh, amazing okay. Lance Lynn start. I mean, the guy does seem, as uh, any skeptics would have said, all right, maybe this, you know, players hit walls at all sorts of times and and at ages younger than Lance, uh, coming off of injury, you think, boy, maybe this just isn't the year for him. But he's looking like a guy who would be in a playoff rotation and might actually be the best pitcher on the staff before uh, the end of the season, you know, even with what Dylan Cease has done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some offensive contributions as well. Uh, what did you see in that game? Uh, a lot to cheer for. A lot to cheer for. Um, I mean, it was Elvis Andres' game. <laughs> like yeah. Him and Lance and... I mean, he was making defensive plays, offensive plays. Uh, he was interviewed 
post game. I got to see that. Um, one of our fans was actually serenading Elvis with Elvis during his interview. Um, so that made it interesting, but, um, yeah, great section, um, in terms of fans showing up. So I was using my distinct voice to cheer, but got a little dicey at the end. Um, had to keep it interesting, true Southside style. Um, and, wasn't really sure what was going to come out of that with Liam, but uh, we came out victorious, so we'll take it. Yeah, it did sound like just from what was going on, you know, social media wise, that there was a decent uh, uh, contingent uh, in Seattle, which is impressive given the fact that there's a lot in Seattle to cheer more to cheer for with for Mariners fans and in Seattle than uh, you know what yet White Sox and, and White Sox fans. Wow. So uh, uh, you know, well done, leading the charge, leading the charge, uh, Elizabeth. Thank you. Uh, yes, as you're mentioning, Elvis, let's just throw this out. Um, uh, Secret base. It's, uh, related to SB Nation. They come up with the crazy stats and the crazy graphs. Uh, they're, they're Dorktown. They threw out, uh, during the game, I believe, uh, and getting some buzz. Elvis, uh, Anros, uh, six home runs in about 425 plus plate appearances this year. Six home runs outside of Seattle and mm-hmm. in what looks to be about 25 plate appearances, five oh. home runs in Seattle. So I'm guessing you might see another Elvis home run during this series. It just seems like that's what's happening with him. He really likes hitting in Seattle. You know, I was told he hit very well in Cleveland. Didn't quite see it. I think the more comfortable he gets with the team, watching him interact with the guys in the dugout. And, um, you know, he was laughing. Him and Larry Garcia were on the end um, in the dugout and they were laughing at each other and, cheering on, you know, different people at bat and things like that. So I am calling it his revenge tour. This is the pregame to the revenge tour when we get to Oakland. Um, so I think he's trying to show, um, show them what they're missing and what we got instead. So um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see um, for sure. Yeah. Elvis Andrews will have his revenge on Seattle. Uh, yeah. And, you know, listen, we, we sort of laughed and I mean, it, Hey, listen, <laughs> It, it is funny that he would say this is the most talented group he's ever been with when he, he went to the World Series with Texas Rangers teams. Okay, that said, hey, listen, maybe somebody just needed, maybe Tony wasn't given a love. Maybe somebody just needed to say, hey, you know, you guys are pretty talented. Maybe we should win some games. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, you know, clubhouse chemistry is so odd. And, you know, uh, you know, confidence plays such a weird role in the game. And obviously this is a team that's not played with a great amount of confidence, certainly not offense, defense, uh, pitching all at the same time this year. And, you know, maybe it just needs some new guy coming in to have some things coalesce. Let's, you know, Miguel Cairo's not doing something special. He's not suddenly saying, Hey, don't listen to Frank Manichino, anybody go for home runs now. I mean, nothing's, re- I mean, this probably a lot of this is just really coincidental, but it's a great coincidence. And this is the time of year when these coincidences going in the right direction. We've mm-hmm. seen in met enough years with the White Sox where it starts to go south in September. Yep. Uh, so maybe, maybe this is a year where they reverse the trend and the White Sox start to inflict some pain in September and make a push because the climb is, is still, is still pretty sweet, uh, still pretty steep. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they need everything they can get. Um, but you were seeing, you know, obviously a lot of people watching, of course, you know, at home as well can, can get those glimpses too, but there did just seem, seem to be, you know, beyond just what some of the White Sox fans in, in the park were bringing to the game, but, you know, even in the dugout or on the field, yeah. Noticing some some confidence, some looseness that maybe we haven't seen for the first five months of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a noticeable change. So this is my fourth game in four days. Uh, so I was at every game uh, for the Twin Series. And um, especially with our starting staff, um, they now all go out to the pen with whoever's starting and watch that person warm up. And then the starter leads them out of the pen and then they follow as a group. And then they all high five our bullpen going out to the bullpen. And that has been different. Um, I think, I mean, we've had leaders like Lance Lynn is a leader and I've heard that said multiple times, but now it seems like they're bringing that unity. Um, so I notice a difference there. And I feel like, especially when one of our starting pitchers has a really good start, our team just kind of follows and, and falls in line in terms of offensive production. So Cueto's tomorrow. I'm excited to see what happens with him. Historically, we haven't given him a ton of run support. Um, so, but I know that he puts us in a position to win every time he takes the mound. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but yeah, I think just, I know it's as simple as like, I think Miguel said that they just said, oh, have fun. And I know people were making fun of that, but it did genuinely seems like they're having fun before the games. They were playing hacky sack. Like I'm sure that the TV got that footage, but they're just, it just seems like a light and airiness about them. And maybe not as much pressure. So they feel like they can have fun and, and that's leading to performance. Um, but it definitely feels different. Yeah. Let's not overlook. Cause we don't know the messages being delivered. Of course, in April, you're not necessarily reporting or putting on t-shirts, you know, the slogan for the season, you know, per mm-hmm. se, or when they start encountering their first, um, um, adversarial series where, you know, they, they start out so hot and then the month didn't get over before they had a really bad streak to sort of put them right back down from that hot start they had. Uh, let's not overlook what Miguel did because as silly as it seems, as simple as it seems, yeah, go out and have fun. Maybe it did really need to be said, especially given, again, we don't really know the dynamic with Tony. Right. We can, we have our suspicions that it's a little, might be a little cold or I don't know, professorial, just there, there, that would seem to be, it would be very plausible that there's difference given the guy is significantly older than the players. He's been out of the game, you know, even though he's with the Sox last year. Um, so the idea that Miguel comes in and says, Hey, you know, what do we got to lose? Let's just have some fun. Um, let's not overlook that. And again, you mentioned Johnny Cueto and I'm guessing he's not necessarily a vocal leader per se, but just mm-hmm. the fact that even prior to Andrews coming to the team, he sort of questioned, I mean, it was a little bit more of a, a negative kick in the hiney, but you know, to say, hey, listen, do we have the do we have the fire? Which you know, of course, Tony had to respond to, like, hey, what's he talking about? We're you know, we're great. You know, we're under five hundred. We're great. Um, you know, I don't think we should overlook that either. You know, from a guy from the pitching side who, who hasn't been with the team all year, who, mm-hmm. who I'm pretty pretty certain isn't necessarily going to be the vocal leader among the rotation okay. around the staff. Uh, you know, maybe some of that need to be thrown out there too. Just like you know, hey, without calling out, without doing a Dallas Keuchel direct call out, but just saying, hey. Do you guys got it? Because if you do, you know, you know, let's go. And he's sort of been cowboying up all season. It's great that the rest of the team sort of caught up with him now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like he just brings like an extra element. Like he's, (laughs) he's got his own style. He, you know, runs the bleachers after his start. The other day he went live on Instagram from the hot tub (laughs) in the clubhouse. Like he's just, he's swaggy. Like I need that. And he just, I don't know. He's just so funny. He's fun to watch. Like I just, I love him. I think he's great for our team. <laughs> I think Elvis brings another energy. He just seems so likable. He's always smiling and having fun. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of the younger, especially our Latino players also gain from his experience. Um, so 
I just, I just think it's great. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what exactly is happening, but I'm here for it. And mm-hmm. we, the thing that's telling to me is, okay, we lost a game against the twins, right? After taking two from them. And then we came right back and won this game against a very, very hot Mariners team. Mm-hmm. I get it. They were sleep deprived, but they're still very talented. And that's a very positive step to me um, in the right direction. Yeah. And sometimes being just thrust right back. I mean, obviously the body is going to break down at some point, but sometimes being thrust right back out into it without even having to think about it, you know, literally probably getting off the plane and going to the ballpark and maybe, maybe trying to catch a nap in the clubhouse or something, maybe freshening up very briefly. Um, that isn't necessarily always an, you know, negative thing. You're just back in the game, especially with a vulnerable opponent. Now the White Sox came and, you know, they packed a little punch. Uh, Lance Lynn was key there for sure. But, you know, in addition to uh, AJ and, and Elvis uh, getting the big hits, um, you know, not a high scoring game, not a big offensive uh, output either. Uh, not to get too Bill Vec, but I mean, really, if the White Sox let this season end or let, Johnny's career on the South side end, because who knows, it might just be this one more month. Who's to say, uh, without like gifting him a horse that like trots in from like the bullpen. I mean, they're really missing an opportunity there. I know that's a little too Bill Vec stacking beer cases or whatever, but I mean, come on, that is really sort of a natural fit. And unless Johnny's got like 300 horses already on his ranch, which I'm guessing he doesn't really, I mean, that's really some shot. I mean, that's again, white Sox. Hello. Free idea. You can take it. Don't even need to credit us. Well, credit Elizabeth. She's there. Really, I mean, speaking I, of. I, ha- I feel like it would be just the talk of the town, talk of Major League Baseball, if Johnny Cueto came out on a horse. Edwin Hell Diaz, yeah. who? Like, Hell Johnny yes. Hell yes. <laughs> and I mean, come on. Elizabeth said she's she's here for it. She's here for this turnaround with the White Sox. She's literally here for it. She's in Seattle. She's going to be moving on to Oakland. We got another podcast coming a few days from now where we're going to check in from Oakland as well. Hopefully with the White Sox spinning off like, you know, three, four, five, six games in a row by that time. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, and get into just a little bit more of the White Sox specifically, but then probably talk some ballparks as well in this sort of post-game podcast, sort of just general, oh, maybe who knows? She goes to enough parks. We just might start a separate on the road with, with, uh, with Elizabeth Gonzalez uh, podcast. Who's to say it could happen? Not yet, but uh, stick with us for a minute. Uh, come on back and we're going to talk a little ballpark and uh, see how Seattle weighs in on Elizabeth's growing list of ballparks. Uh, see you in a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans. Brett Valentini, not in Seattle, but lucky enough to host a podcast with someone who is in Seattle, and it's one of our newest Southside Sox staffers, Elizabeth Elizabeth Gonzalez, uh, who brought home a victory. And uh, actually, you got a pretty good streak going. Of course, you know, lost on Sunday, but, you know, that's at least three of the last four. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily have you flip your baseball card over to tell me what the season record is. But (laughs) listen, I like the recent trends. Whatever it is, I like the fact you're on a hot streak with this team. Mm -hmm. The uh, prospects, uh, when I checked in post one hitter on the Dylan C's postgame podcast with Allie, we both admitted that, you know, obviously not just entirely off of the fumes of Dylan's masterpiece, 
but that something had turned with this team a little bit. Something had turned around the rest of the AL Central with Cleveland's pitchers all breaking down and Minnesota continuing yeah. to sort of be stopping and starting. So before we get into a little ballpark talk, uh, give me your thoughts on whether, because we all sort of chuckled just a few days ago about like, man, it's going to be a really tall mountain to climb for this team. Uh, do you think the mountains maybe turned into a little bit more of a hill uh, just a few days later? I think so. I mean, baseball to me is all about timing. Like look at the Yankees. They were hot for so mm-hmm. long and now they're struggling. So it depends. I feel like if you peak too early with yeah. how long the seasons is and injuries and, and things of that nature, like that could hurt you. Um, so I think anything's possible. We definitely shortened the, the deficit on um, our lead needing to be gained for the central. So we'll see. Um, I know the Yankees beat the twins today. I don't know what's going on with the guardians, but I feel good about it. Let's check in for a live look in on the old uh, (laughs) Cleveland guardians. They were winning four, three. Oh my goodness gracious. Kansas City's tied it up four, four in the bottom of the ninth. So there's a possibility the White Sox will end tonight. Of course, you'll all know by the time you're watching and listening, even though this is a post game podcast, uh, whether or not the White Sox are just one game out of first place and how in the hell is that happening? Uh, let's just check in White Sox 68 and 67 and potentially one game out of first place. Nobody, Elizabeth, wants to win the AL Central. <laughs> Oh my goodness. If I'm not mistaken though, the twins and the guardians still have more games to make up. I want to say the guard. So, I mean, all things considered we're equal. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. And it's true. I mean, you know, they they are having to cram, both of those teams are having to cram in uh, more games uh, than the White Sox. It doesn't help the Cleveland uh, gets a day off sucked up by now what has become an increasingly necessary makeup game with the White Sox from that, that rain out uh, their, their last series. So, oh yeah, it's, it's breakneck and the White Sox actually do have, I mean, it's, it's not gonna be easy for anybody, but they're, they have more pause. I mean, they definitely are ahead in, in games. So, uh, you know, We'll, 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 we'll track the lo- we'll track the loss column or, or whatever Steve Stone tells us to do. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, ballparks. Uh, your first experience, I believe, in um, Seattle, and, and what were what were some initial impressions of that ballpark? Yeah, so the park um, itself seems grand when you're approaching it mm-hmm. because of just yes. the structure that it needs yep. to support the roof. It's yep. just kind of large and in charge, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's right next to their football stadium. So um, I really like it. Um, it has kind of elements of nationals park to me um, when you're walking around like the concessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get to see the roof on yet. I am doing a full um, ballpark tour tomorrow. So I will be doing a recap. So stay tuned for that. Um, but Initial impressions, the fan experience to me is always key. So um, I had really positive experiences with all the Mariners fans that Mm. I interacted with. Um, They are kind of hopeless. And I think it's funny because their team is so good, but they're just so used to being bad. (laughs) Um, that they're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, Mm. So that was kind of funny to me. Um, But so far, I liked it. They do do um, a pregame that you can enter in early through uh, the outfield, um, and it's called, like, the pen. Um, so all you need is a, a ticket. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be for the outfield. Um, so I thought that was unique. They had, like, a live DJ, um, and you can watch batting practice. So people were catching um, home run balls. 
um, from their team, which is a little bit unique um, because you have to be a season ticket holder to see ours. Um, so that was different. Um, but so far I liked it. Still have to kind of um, get into the food and stuff like that tomorrow. But um, so far, so good. Uh, their their mascot is cute. Most of the mascots around Major League Baseball are like fuzzy blobs. I do prefer my mascot to be fuzzy and green. I do like South by <laughs> quite a bit. But um, yeah, Mariner Moose, or I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, it's Moose something, go, yeah. The kids go crazy for him. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, good plug, Elizabeth. Yes, you will be penning, <laughs> uh, uh, penning uh, re- uh, actual sort of ballpark. You know, I don't know how, what shape it's going to take. She'll determine, she's going to surprise me, you know, whether it's sort of a, a diary or even just really just taking around the ballpark. But it's going to be something that sort of reports in. And, you know, listen, we do have a lot of readers. I mean, we're baseball fans. So uh, people do want to see whether it's the Sox on the road or just if you happen to be even, you know, in town mm-hmm. on business, just catch a game. Um, and, you know, these sort of little uh, thumbnails, uh, from actual White Sox fans who know our park and that's sort of the language we use when comparing to other parks, I think is enormously helpful. It's certainly a first, I think this is the first type of thing I've certainly ever published on Southside Sox. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be a, a fun series. And, you know, as long as Elizabeth is willing to go to like 15 parks a year, man, this is going to be a really great series. Uh, but yes, first we are going to be kicking off uh, with Seattle. Yeah, it is an airplane hangar size with that roof. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, the first time I went out before I covered the team going out just with my dad to catch parks um, where we caught, you know, a ton of them. We went to Seattle and it hadn't been open long and it was Ichiro era. So it was just insane. I'm sure a very different oh, energy than even you saw. It certainly yeah. wasn't hopeless because it was just bonkers. It's the closest to seeing a game in Japan than you, than you can see, um, yeah. you know, in, in the U.S. Um, and uh, 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 took a long walk. I mean, we did not. I'm guessing your hotel is a little closer than us. We took a long walk pretty much all through like downtown to get there. But, you know, that's always a nice experience too, to sort of walk and get a a little bit of a flavor. Certain ballparks like the one you're about to go to in Oakland is quite a challenge to stay near. I did because I have no regard for my own life. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) you know, um, because it really isn't. I mean, it's not set up at all. I mean, you really, I, I literally was like jumping fences to get into the park or get out of the park afterward because everything had shut up. But anyway, a, a story for our next podcast, I suppose, Elizabeth. Uh, but you know, one, one thing we always like to do, you know, we, uh, one, one tradition was always, you know, of course at Sox Park, you got Harmer Park right there. So it's very easy to play catch before the game. Uh, Seattle was more of a challenge, not really a lot of green space around, at least at the time. Yeah. I know we picked a couple different spots, but I know at one point we were basically just right next to the train. I think there's still a train that maybe runs by there or whatever. I don't know. I think uh, but, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But somewhere behind, I want to say it would be behind right field, um, you know, right field stands, of course. Yeah, just like a sidewalk, so you're just playing catch. So you just try to you try to grab it wherever you can. But, uh, um, yeah, I had some pretty positive impressions of it as well. And, uh, you know, it's an enjoyable experience. Good fan, yeah, friendly fans. Yeah, I don't remember any mm-hmm. problems. Although I would hope nobody would start picking fights with White Sox fans. I mean, come on. I mean, okay, Wrigley Field, I suppose. But come on, anywhere else? Jeez, us? Come on. We're both genteel, but also, come on, you're really going to dog White Sox fans. Come on. Um, We will probably um, chat more on this as well uh, from Oakland. Um, So maybe we'll break this in half, but let's talk a little bit, Elizabeth, about um, maybe some of the other parks, because you've seen some that I even haven't, um, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe the ones that have stood out to you uh, as as your best experiences, because you've seen quite a few already. Yeah, so 
I don't know. Seattle is quickly topping the list. Um, And I think because of like the experience of actually watching the game rather than like all of the other things. Um, I know there's a lot, depending on what you're looking for. um, They definitely have like an eclectic food offering um, much more different than I've seen at any other park. Um, it's a little unique to look over and someone's having a poke bowl during a yeah. baseball game. Yeah. Um, so lots of Asian influence here in terms of the food that they offer. Um, so I'm excited to check that out tomorrow. Um, I'm trying to think what other parks I really liked. Um, I don't remember much about Chase Field. Um, when I went there, I would say, I don't know. I think maybe I do like Seattle the best so hmm. far. Um, Fenway to me is obviously historical. Um, but my experience wasn't great because I wanted to watch the game and there were people that were just there to be at Fenway. So they were getting up and walking and, um, it didn't really seem like there was as much movement. You so can say, Elizabeth, the Wrigley Field experience. <laughs> you could say it. <laughs> because I it's, mean, it's true, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. People are there <laughs> not to watch baseball. Um, although I will give the Red Sox fans credit because I think they know a lot more about the game of the baseball. Um, but yeah, I would say, I, I don't know in terms of overall experience so far, we'll, we'll see how the next two days go, but I really enjoy um, this park. Um, but I have a couple more on the, on the list mm-hmm. before the end of the year. So we'll see who ends up topping, topping it. Yeah. I just, so I remember for some reason I, I was only thinking about the experience I went you know, with my dad, I want to say, whatever, early 2000s, I guess it was, Ichiro era. Uh, but then I forgot, you know, covering, uh, I, I was always like, I never want to rent a car. I always want to make it very simple, which made for dicey experiences, say like in the Bronx or in, in Oakland, mm-hmm. because it was just, you know, it was just a crazy or different experience. And you don't want, you don't expect you're going to walk to the park and have to like dodge garbage. Uh, but okay, you know, you did. Um, but yeah, in Seattle, I forgot, there's the hotel like right bordering the ballpark. I remember like being on the roof there, I think it was like an off day, just like swimming up there. And then like you you take a break to drive and you're like looking into the park. I think from this, I mean, there were hotels close enough. You, you're looking into the park. Of course, you see the football stadium very, uh, uh, very close by as well. So the, the location, you know, is not like super ideal, but it's also not necessarily, uh, yeah, it's not completely random either. Uh, yeah. You know, so the, the surrounding area, I'm sure it's only built up in the 10 years since I've been there as well. I remember uh, uh, walking into the park and seeing sort of the, um, they, they, it was one of the first, I know Minnesota's got the really cool, like, uh, you know, like the baseball card walkway in, but I mean, there weren't a lot of, and the White Sox I know are doing stuff like that now too, but uh, this is one of the first times I remember seeing a lot of the big sort of more life-size, you know, posters of Ichiro and those other guys, you know, uh, as you're walking into the park. And it did seem like they put a lot of effort into the fan uh, experience uh, with a lot of dimensions. Yeah. Be it the food or, you know, just, mm-hmm. I mean, newer park, you know, I guess that's what you should expect, but I'm sure there are newer parks you're disappointed by. In fact, listen, we got some time. Let's talk about one target field. <laughs> Doesn't seem to have uh, ranked very uh, high with you. And I know a big factor there is mm, because it's popular with Minnesota Twins fans, which let's face it, I hear you. Mm-hmm. But um, how, how perhaps maybe does that, I mean, those, you know, these are, uh, to, you know, late 20th, uh, 21st century ballparks. Um, you know, what's the comparison there then? Because uh, obviously Seattle's made a much bigger impression on you, better impression. Yeah, I think Target Field just feels a lot more like quaint and kitschy. Um it's just smaller in scale. Um, I think also by proximity of where it's placed in the city. So 
Target Field is right downtown, um, pretty close. Uh, it's on the downtown side of the Mississippi River, and it's connected to Target Center, uh, where the Timberwolves play. So not a ton of space. Um, they left it in the city, and then there's, like, a highway on the other side of it. So um, it is very compact. Um they do have, I will say similarity wise, um, and, and you kind of mentioned this when you're walking outside of both of the parks, there's definitely statues of both, um, you know, previous, like their versions of Hall of Fame players, whether they're actually Hall of Fame players or, or Hall of Fame players for the, for the club. Um, they both do have, uh, statues of, um, baseball mitts. Um, the, the, one, the one in, in Minnesota, you can actually sit in though. It's more of, um, like a 3d, um, thing. The one that's here in Seattle is a little bit more abstract, um, stuff with the players on it. So even if you're not actually in the park, but you just want to walk by it, you can still get an idea of the history of both clubs, which I like. Yeah. Um, but target field, like I said, it's just, it's smaller. Um, one of, one of the cool things about it to me is this kind of old timey, um, light up sign that they have in the outfield. That's, um, kind of a caricature of the twin cities portrayed as baseball players. And then the river runs through and it's the state of Minnesota. So I think that's cool. Um, but, uh, the big board for me also scoreboards are big. Um, I much prefer the one here Mm. at T-Bomo park. It's massive, but they still have like the old school, smaller one. Mm. Um, so I like both elements of that. The one in target field is a little bit smaller. Um, but this one's basically like, you know, if you got like a, the biggest TV that you could have, that's what they have in there. (laughs) It's been, (laughs) um, it's been a long day for you, Elizabeth, and I know I promised you no quizzes, but I'm going to go back on that and I'm going to give you a quiz because I'm curious now because we're talking about this and obviously even the, the, the two of us, those Sox fans and obviously, obviously very quick best friends, uh, we have, we look for different things in ballparks and I'm curious to know then maybe what say a most important uh, or at least one of the most important things to you uh, is, a, is about a ballpark or maybe conversely something that you really don't care for when you experience in a ballpark. Yeah. So I haven't really thought about that in my ranking scale. So maybe I should have thought about that ahead of time. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm a big person of like of the vibe. So mm-hmm. when I go in, if I like to see if like the fans are engaged in what their mm-hmm. team is doing and a lot of it to me is like the conversations that I'm having in the stands with people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess comparing, since we, we already did this, comparing Target Field to T-Mobile Park, uh, the level of baseball knowledge just doesn't seem as prevalent and or the game doesn't seem as important when you're in Target Field. And I say that um, trying to be fair to Twins fans sure. because right now their, their team was good mm-hmm. or is good. And they were in first place at the time um, that I went um they're both, I watched the Brewers play them and I watched uh, the White Sox play them in April. Um, so it just, they seem more interested about the other elements that they use for fan engagement, like the character race um, that they do in the outfield. Um, that gets a huge like a- applause from the fans and everyone's paying attention and screaming and yelling. Um, so that was, that's different. Um but 
I don't know. I think that the fans are maybe now because there is a glimmer of hope for this team and it's not really been there for a while that they're engaged. Um, it's a fun team to watch. A lot of young talent on the team. Um, Julio Rodriguez didn't have a great game, but mm. he's so fun to watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see what he does the rest of the series. But I think that's different to me. Um, I did meet um, a lot of very nice White Sox fans in the line. Um, from all different places. Um, I sat next to a gentleman that's originally from Montana um, and now lives here. So he was so excited to come and see the White Sox and follow some podcasts and and things of that nature from afar. Um, So that was enjoyable. And I talked to an 83-year-old gentleman who has been a White Sox fan um, because he's originally from New York and he had to pick a new team when they moved the Dodgers. Mm. (laughs) So... He chose the White Sox for whatever reason. So um, things like that really like cement the ballpark. And maybe that's not fair to the ballpark because they can't control who's coming. Um, But things like that mean a lot to me because baseball to me is nostalgic. We talked about that before. Like I see my grandpa when I'm having conversations with a fan like that. Um, So there's other things too that I like to cover because I know it matters to other people. Like scoreboards are really big. People love to see those. People definitely want to know about the food. Um, some people care about uh, like the historical elements of how they're honoring, you know, players past for the club. So um, I know the Mariners do have like a Hall of Fame kind of museum right. um, attached within. So I'll see that tomorrow because I'm doing an actual um, official tour in the morning. So I'll have I'll have some more answers for, for everyone listening. White Sox, listen, Elizabeth is doing <laughs> your work. She's doing work for you. Uh, remember the name. It's Elizabeth Gonzalez. She's doing the work. She's working the fans. She's, uh, uh, hey, and, and hello to the gentleman from, uh, uh, Montana. Um, nice, nice that you're, you know, listening to us. Cause surely you must, you must be, you know, whether on your trip home or maybe while you're just hanging out waiting for the next game. Come on. Hey, shout out to you. Shout out to you. Uh, Elizabeth making friends, uh, making friends everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. Of course, you know, you want to be around people you feel comfortable watching the game with and even if you're rooting for separate teams you can you know i mean you can get a little respect uh cap tips that sort of thing and you know you get a good game like tonight and you know it's gonna be a lot more fun than some sort of blow one way or the other because one side's depressed maybe they're even getting a little bit more ribald like oh man you know i hate this team or whatever but definitely i can certainly vouch for my personal experience uh you know with seattle and certainly during the itro era the fans when they're shown to be engaged with, they are definitely engaged. Even though the White Sox, the dastardly evil White Sox, the, the team that you root for, Elizabeth, uh, sh- shrank their wild card lead to just one game tonight. So listen, the White Sox guys should do some damage to this team. We're going in thinking, hey, maybe we can escape with one win. Hey, that win's already in the back pocket now. You know, uh, it's sort of house money at this point. And Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Seattle is due for maybe a little cooler streak and they're, they're running into White Sox team. That's, you know, if not white hot, they're, they're feeling pretty good about themselves and, yeah. you know, slightly better rested. I mean, obviously it's going to be a much different Seattle team. I think people are saying in, in, in the sandwich game, that's where the fatigue is going to kick in. I don't know. I think they're actually going to get some, some sleep tonight and shake off this game. And it's going to be uh you know, it's going to be a hundred percent, you know, uh, energy battle these next two games. So, you know, we'll see may the best, Best team win. We got uh, Elizabeth Gonzalez there checking it out, rooting. And if there's any factor we need to just tip it one way or the other, I've heard she's got a very distinct <laughs> cheering voice. That really could make a difference, you know. 
Anrus is up there. He's like, all right, okay, I've been doing really well. Maybe I'll just ease up for this one last at bat. I'm getting a little tired. And you're going to hear that rooting yeah. voice and say, all right, well, now I got to get another one off of the paint <laughs> to get another, mm-hmm. yet another home run at T-Mobile Park. The guy is a machine at T-Mobile Park. Uh, all right, so let's go through this quickly. Um, again, no more, no more quizzes. I, I'll, I'll actually <laughs> adhere to that promise next podcast, Elizabeth, but, uh, certainly we'll have a podcast, uh, from Oakland, sort of wrapping up that stadium. We'll touch on probably some other ballparks now that you have time to actually realize that you have to study for these podcasts, <laughs> Elizabeth, but we will, uh, we'll do that. So we'll do another podcast. Uh, and hopefully, you know, a couple pieces, whether it's crammed into just one, uh, road trip piece or uh, two distinct pieces on, on Seattle and the Oakland experience, but that'll certainly be up on site. Uh, you can follow be, uh, so you don't necessarily get the entire, uh, prose explosion experience from Elizabeth. You can catch the little, uh, piecemeal pieces, uh, on Twitter. Uh, my socks are white. I believe it's also same Instagram as well. So yeah. I mean, social media thing. My socks are white. Of course, our socks are white. Yeah. Come on. What else are they going to be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. so you can, you know, if you want little sneak previews. Um, or maybe, you know, some wisdom from the next Montana fan, Elizabeth six, six next to, uh, in tomorrow's game. But, uh, all right, listen, you got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. Uh, you're not the only fan, but I believe you're the only Southside Sox, uh, adjacent, uh, person there. So, you know, listen, this is a lot of pressure on the shoulders, but come on, you know, bring home at least another win. If not, Hey, you know, let's just go over to sweep. Come on, you know, no harm. I think Seattle left their brooms in Cleveland, so right. we're good. Yeah, we picked them up. We picked them up. That'll uh-huh. work. Uh, yeah, some momentum into Oakland, but we'll definitely be checking in in a few days uh, with you, Elizabeth, to get sort of the other side of things, because obviously that will not not going to want to try to color your experience in Oakland. Uh, and Oakland, of course, gets some really <laughs> tough rap and a, you know, a fair amount of it's deserved. But I'm going to guess you're just not going to have nearly the same experience in Oakland. But certainly when it comes to you and what you've identified as, as one of the real key, real key elements for you, and that's the fans who are there. And I can't say that necessarily Oakland will disappoint there. So that may really help carry it, even though you're going to look around the park and say, well, wait, I thought they got rid of all the football stadium, baseball parks, but you know, okay, you're, you are going to be in one. So yeah, there's not going to be a lot of really like cool nuggets, you know, there, but certainly a lot of history and, uh, and some very passionate fans that certainly would not want to see them move to San Jose, much less, um, Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that whole drama goes too, but that's for another podcast. Elizabeth, thank you on a absolute breakneck tour. Uh, leaving this morning and now winding up with a Southside Sox podcast. I really appreciate all the time and effort you put in and for delivering the win. Listen, I'm, I'm putting this one on you. Save. I'm going to at least give you the hold on this one. If not the save, I'm going to give you the hold. Uh, so well done. And uh, hey, let's try and get a couple of these next couple of games. The, uh, the podcast is Southside Sox postgame podcast. This is number 13. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be speaking with Elizabeth Gonzalez, a new addition to Southside Sox. And hey, like it or not, you're going to get a lot more from her this week. So, uh, and you're going to like it because it's going to come uh, <laughs> uh, gift wrapped with a lot of White Sox wins. So far, she's one for one. So, you know, no pushback yet. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, without uh, without uh, you, you know, we're not here. Thanks for uh, reading, listening, and sometimes even watching. We'll be back with some other podcasts, if not the very next one with Elizabeth, uh, very soon, sooner than you're ready for one. So hang tight. we got a lot of Sox content as this team decides to crawl back into the 2022 division race. See you, everybody.